You're listening to the Dermatology SOS podcast. I'm your host, Claire Darmody, and as always, I'm joined by our SOSers, consultant dermatologists, Professor Katrina Ryan and Professor Nikki Ralph. And we're coming from their beautiful clinic, the Institute of Dermatologists in Ballsbridge. This week, we're going to chat about the common skin conditions people suffer from. We'll chat about eczema, psoriasis, contact dermatitis and rosacea. And we'll also do a little section on babies and their skincare and skin issues, which I know the mums and dads will be interested in. So how common are any of these conditions, ladies? Um, well, I suppose with psoriasis, starting with psoriasis, um, about 2%, 2 to 3% of the Irish population have it. So that's one in 50 people, that's very common. Um, but eczema is far more common. So yeah. 10 to 15% of, of, of babies have it. And that reduces significantly as, as life goes on. Like the vast majority of people grow out of their eczema. Um, whereas with psoriasis, um, people, um, you know, once you have it for the most part, you know, and, and there are exceptions, um, that you'll, you'll have it forever. Yeah. And how does eczema present itself? What would it, what would it look like? Classically, what parents would see is it in the crook of their arms or the back of their wrist or the backs of their knees. Sweat so, areas. Yeah, so it does kind of change as they get older. And then, so they would be the classic areas. But it's incredibly itchy. It can get sore, infected. You know, it, it is a full-time job for parents to manage a child who has moderate to severe eczema. Uh, but thankfully, most children don't have moderate to severe eczema. They may just have milder dry patches. But you do have to be very careful with how you bathe them, what you add to the water, how you moisturize them and what products you put on their skin but as like aside from babies though if like young people teenagers adults if they have eczema like how does it look and where does it present all the same places same classic places but it can be diffuse it can be everywhere they can get it on your face and you can develop allergy over time so basically it's a defect in your skin barrier so the more you're exposed to something over time the more likely you are to get an allergy so some patients will just have it in localized areas on their eyelids or you know around the mouth uh, on their neck if they're spraying fragrances on that they've become allergic to um, again, it has a significant impact on your quality of life from a sleep point of view. Um, because really? often we do more scratching during the night. It's, we're more itchy. Uh, it can waken young children from sleep. Then mum and dad are up trying to put them back to sleep. Uh, and if you look at studies, it, it shows that children with moderate to severe eczema would have poor outcome at school if they're missing time, You know, going to the hospital, going to the doctor's visits, having to have their treatments put on. Um, so yeah, a huge impact on the whole family. It's like a ripple effect. And obviously if you have more children with, with severe eczema, it is affecting the whole family. Is it hereditary? Uh, yeah, so there's a, a genetic predisposition. So if you are from a family where you have what we call atopy, so uh, asthma, eczema and hay fever, you're more likely to develop one of them. Um, so yes, is the answer. And what causes it? So, so it's it's really a combination of genetics for the most part, and there are lots and lots of genes involved. So, um, as Nikki says, um, you know, often high degree of heritability from from the family. But what's what's funny is you can have identical twins um, with exact same genes. One has eczema, the other doesn't. So there is environmental factors as well. Um, it may be that um, you know, and there's also th- theories as well about what we're exposed to as children, um, but uh, or as babies. But, you know, that some it may be triggered in one person and not in another person. So it's a complex um, disease, you know, lots of things of, uh, at, at play, but with a heightened immune response so that you've, your immune system is almost over, um, you know, over um, acting against certain um, parts of the skin. Um, and, you know, and it can be a really challenging thing as well, as Nikki said, um, mm. it affects, you know, it, 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 we see it as a, a disease of, of, of kids and children. It can go on into adulthood. But, you know, at that age, it's very important to get on top of it early mm. because the, the, the lifetime or the long term effects of 
um, not sleeping well, you know, and then not doing well in school. Even um, for mm. parents, there's a high, higher um, divorce rate. It's been shown in no some studies way. because of the strain that it can put on the family when a child has very severe eczema. So um, and could severe eczema be all over their body? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, in some cases mm. of eczema or psoriasis, um, over ninety percent of the body mm. can be affected. The body surface area. So it's it's a sort of a dangerous type of um, eczema and psoriasis when that amount is is involved because. Obviously, their skin is, is, is allowing out too much um, moisture and whatnot, too. So it can actually make patients sick when, mm. when that degree of their skin I is. I used to have really bad eczema on my hands when I was primary school, like really bad. Like it almost mm. weeped. It was really red and really broken. And um, like, you know, like people, like pals used to think it was contagious. It was really upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just grew out of it. And my granny brought me this cream from Yugoslavia that was a game changer. It was a really huge bang, a hydrocortisone or something off it, but it did work. Um, <laughs> and, but anyway, I, it used to come and go. It used to flare. And mm. then it just, I grew out of it. But is there triggers that make eczema worse? Ab- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen in the last year and a half, I mean, stress has a huge impact on most skin conditions, particularly with eczema. And of course, the alcohol hand gels that we're all using, washing our hands more frequently oh, with yes. COVID. Lots of people who may have had milder eczema and they were doing absolutely fine and then their hands are flaring significantly a lot of kids going to school because they have to you know in secondary school every day they're there putting their hand gel on all the time alcohol going into the cracks in your fingers you can imagine how much it hurts and the ones yeah. in the bigger sh- shops and stuff you just know they're really cheap yeah. and you, you can feel it yourself even if you don't yeah. have, have a problem yeah. uh, and I actually got a bit of it at the start um, <laughs> so I, I do a lot of um, surgery as well so every time in between each case you're washing more hand gels more more alcohol um, and ended up having to do a whole new skincare routine just for my hands at the beginning of, of COVID which is now thankfully settles but I use moisturiser like every night going to bed so like where stress like COVID for example or other stress maybe exams or whatever is triggering it how do you get them to deal with that part of the trigger because that's difficult to deal with it's I I think the first um, important thing is for for people to um, even acknowledge it so I think you know we talked about this in a different episode before um, so many of our patients with all types of inflammatory skin conditions so eczema psoriasis rosacea um, hives um you know pretty much every, every inflammatory skin, skin condition you can think of flared in the last two years um, and some patients came in that you know hadn't you know have been so well controlled for a couple of years and they arrived in and they and they said i don't know why it's flaring and you know would you think you're, you're more stressed lately no not really um but it turns out they were homeschooling and and they were working from home and whatever else life had changed significantly they were doing things completely differently and yes they were handling it all but they didn't realise how much they were internalising the stress. So I think sometimes if, if people don't, and, and Irish people are, are very bad for this, if, if they feel like they're in control, if they don't feel like they're having a, you know, a nervous breakdown, they say they're okay. Yeah. But actually the skin is like the window onto the soul. It, it, you know, it shows us how stressed people can be sometimes. Mm. And I think particularly with our eczema patients, our psoriasis patients, our rosacea patients, we've really, really seen it in the, in the, in the last year or two um, you know, since, since, co- since, since COVID struck. But everything that you've mentioned there, you can't stop that. Like you had to keep homeschooling, you had to keep working yeah, from yeah. home. So do you, yeah. like, do you have to manage it? So manage it depends it, okay. on obviously the skin condition. So <laughs> obviously with with eczema, it's it's all about trying to recreate that barrier that is dysfunctional. So this um, is so the treatment that you yeah, get involved so you in. You have okay. to moisturize the skin regularly, um, and that's not just you know once a day. If you've got moderate severe eczema, you'll be doing it like three times a day. You have to obviously choose um, moisturizers that are appropriate for the skin, so they don't contain alcohol, SLS fragrances, so they're not going to irritate the skin further and then when you're having a shower or you're having a bath you're not going to soak in it for 30-40 minutes even though that seems relaxing it's going to it's going to actually dry out your skin so you do have to add an emollient to the bath or a shower to make sure you're washing with the right product and what's an emollient? 
it's, it's so-called so, space so, or something like it's, that. It just really means moisturizer, but yeah. you, what you're looking for is soap-free um, washes, so that contain moisturizer, moisturizers. Water itself is drying, even mm. though people think often it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's water. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> think, of your, think of your fingers when you've been in the pool for too long and they get that crinkly effect. Yeah, looking, yeah. Water coming out. Yeah. But if you can mm. use a mo- like a, a moisturizing, soap-free, like detergent-free um, body wash, um, it actually helps to moisturize or lubricate your body while you're washing so you're you're adding benefit there and and i really am honing on all those things um that nikki's been talking about you know trying to protect your skin barrier i tell them to you know to try and up their game mm-hmm. from from around september october on like i say when the clocks go back the eczema comes out mm-hmm. and, and it's because, because the, the drying weather the, the drying heat weather, is on central, central heating, heating is yeah. huge yeah, yeah. central yeah. heating all the layers of clothes the woolies the you know whatnot too um which is the kind of, of unavoidable in ireland, in ireland. Yeah. you have to have the heating on mm-hmm. and wear the coats and and that's why it's so much worse in ireland okay. so you know if you look at um at hotter countries they don't suffer mm. eczema in the same way so climate and season mm. play a bit, big role in the variation of people's mm. eczema and in psoriasis actually um, in this country. So even though like the sweaty areas of your body are where you're more likely to get a flare, if you're in a hot country, that's not going, like the sweat is, go- like if you're lying in a beach and it's you get sweaty lying on a beach, that's not going to be the same. It's not that they're sweaty, it's the reason that it's, it's here where is it that they're frictional. Frictional, sorry, frictional. Yeah. So it's yeah. skin okay. rubbing off skin and that's why. So if you're walking in a big jacket or you're in a room where it's very hot, like like central heating, that's going to add to it. It's not. It's not the heat that's causing it. It's the dry, It's how the heat, the central heating dries out the air. Okay. Um. So so it's that. It's everything that causes the skin to be more dry, and um, particularly the surface layers. And and that's what when Nikki's talking about all of the different things you want to use to protect to restore the the skin barrier. The problem is is that the skin barrier is defective. It's not. It's not functioning normally. To to um you know act as a barrier to the environment. So you want to do everything you can to get as much sort of um, adding a barrier you're trying yeah, to add yeah. a barrier so it's just fat filled yeah. you know um, moisturisers so lipid rich and uh, making sure that they don't irritate the skin in any way so do people come to you for eczema Oh gosh, yeah. yeah, that'll and be our that, top five things that we. The treatment you offer is just like a no, 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 no. That's your basic. <laughs> okay, every like, single is that day. All there is? No, is <laughs> in the, no. Of course, we will give prescription <laughs> therapies, but the problem is the prescription therapies may be a quick fix where someone's when they're using them, they're fine. But if they don't do their barrier maintenance, if they're not washing with the right product, if they're using lots of you know extra fragrance, they'll just keep flaring. Yeah. So we do use, of course, prescription topical steroids, uh, immunomodulators. We use phototherapy. Uh, Tell me about phototherapy. So it's quite a big commitment for the patient because we use it for psoriasis, we use it for eczema, we use it for lots of things, but they would probably be our two commonest uh, to use it for. So we use uh, UVB phototherapy most commonly, but it is a Monday, Wednesday, Friday commitment where the patient would come into their hospital and um, and essentially you take off the clothes and, exp- and expose the skin. Like a safe um, sunbed almost. Re- really safe. Because yeah, yeah, like it's a sunbed. physicist yeah. um, control, so the, the no physicist UV, in the uh, hospital. Yeah. Just yeah. a narrow band of yeah. UB, UVB that's been shown to be safe and, and mm. doesn't increase your risk of skin cancer in, in the years that we've been studying it for some beds are never safe no, never ever. safe yeah um you know and um that's that's a way unfortunately some people used to look Just after to their skin it, years yeah. ago yeah um so it would have to be this type yeah. we don't use it quite as much um 
No, anymore. I mean, it's, it's, I suppose there's, it is safe during pregnancy. It's safe if somebody was undergoing chemotherapy or something. So sometimes we can't use some of the medications that we might like to use. So it's, you know, a stopgap from some people. But to, it's not what you'd favour. Well, the issue with, with phototherapy, it's and forever. it's a great treatment yeah. and it's safe, is that you have to go three times a week into a hospital. Ongoing? Um, no. For the, okay. for, the, for the period that you're doing it for. Okay. So typically it'll be, it will be eight to ten weeks that you're mm-hmm. going into a hospital. So that involves getting to the hospital, parking, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I can never do it in yeah, my busy traffic, job. You know, so, yeah. you know, it, or somebody who's going to school or, or whatnot. So nobody too. really has the time for that commitment. Or so nearly some nobody. Do, and, and it yeah. can be safe for some people, but you're, you're going for that amount of time. And typically the remission or the amount of time your skin is clear for afterwards it is on average for psoriasis because I did a big study for over a good few years looking at this is is about four to six months so to put all that time in for that time to have your skin clear for um it's, it's a big ask in this day and age it was something that was used a lot more back, oh, yeah. back years ago but I think for psoriasis and eczema um we've had newer treatments that you take by mouth or by injection that can help uh, you know that can help that unfortunately, of course, there's always side effects involved too. But people offer them more and more nowadays. Okay, so what are they then? Like they're just you take a tablet or you get an injection and then you get longer out of it. Um, so for the different varies yeah. depending on the disease. Yeah. So for okay. psoriasis, for example, that's that's an area I do and not. No, that's what you know. My my I suppose my expertise is in because that was what I did huge amount in the states. Ran the new um, clinical tri- trials in, in these psoriasis drugs. There there are traditional drugs. Um, um, you know, name examples of names are methotrexate, cyclosporin, that are used to suppress the immune system, um, and and psoriasis improves while you're on them. Um, and there are different side effects um, associated with the different drugs. You know, methotrexate can affect the liver; doesn't work as well. You know, it works well in about forty percent of people. Cyclosporin can never be used for more than two years because it can start to affect the kidneys, but it works in about seventy percent of people. Um, and they've been around for years and years since you know the nineteen fifties. In the in, in the case of methotrexate, or in the nineteen seventies for cyclosporin. But then about 20, about 20 years ago, um, newer drugs were, were developed that target sp- very specific parts of the immune system, and they're usually delivered by a clicker pen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the clicker pen c- could be once every two weeks or um, once every eight weeks or once every 12 weeks. And in the vast majority of patients now, and these are, this is only for patients who have severe, moderate to severe psoriasis. I was just ask, this yeah. is only for people who have got like really life-changing psoriasis. psoriasis. Yeah. So what we would, con- for the most part, they have at least ten percent of the body yeah. covered, um, or it's in a very it's a place, dis- dis- yeah. de- debilitating place. So either um, face, hands, genital feet, skin, genitals, yeah. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those patients, the, the vast majority are clear or almost clear for as long as they're on their medication. So it, it, it's been a huge game changer for patients, uh, well, for patients with psoriasis, for but us, also for us. For us yeah, you know, th- there's very few patients with severe um, psoriasis and that we can't completely clear um, on these newer drugs. And, and they are much safer. Now, they are more expensive. Mm. Um, but, but less but they're safer. The yeah, they're, they're not metabolized yeah. through the organs. You don't have to worry about toxicities in the same way. Um, you know, for, the, for, for you know, m- maybe a very minor increase in, in infections. For for um, most of them, no increase in, in any forms of cancer or or, or and the um, way they're delivered now is so simple easy. for the patients to learn. It's it's um, and I mean I, I know what you mean about things being more expensive, but like once you reach that certain amount of money in the pharmacy, like you're oh yeah yeah so the no, coverage. So a lot of people are going to be paying. I mean, expensive to the government. Yeah. nobody oh, ever yeah, pays yeah. more than one hundred and thirty, one hundred and eighty something per month. Yeah, so you know with the drug payment scheme, so and they're all state. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah, 
But um, so it really has changed the landscape of, of treatment for psoriasis and has changed the lives of millions of psoriasis patients throughout the world. You know, I, I have dealt with the, you know, psoriasis has been my main area of, of interest in, in medical dermatology. Yeah, and we actually jumped onto psoriasis before um, we were finished with eczema. So just explain for anyone listening, like, how... Can you have both, by the way? Can you have eczema and psoriasis? Yeah, the on patient does. Yeah, okay, it's, it's not, not common. Not common. Yeah. And how does psoriasis present and in what way does it kind of it's differ the from eczema? Side, it's more um, kind of, we call them pink scaly plaques with a kind of silvery white scale on the backs of your elbows, your knees, the back of your scalp, some of the backs of your ears. That'd be classic places. Is it angrier looking than eczema in a way? It's, it's, a, it's more red. And red. more well-defined. And thicker. Yeah, and thicker. Yeah, it's scalier. Yeah, yeah. But okay. it's um, But we have to, that's another thing to not underestimate. We always associate eczema with being extremely itchy. But actually, it's probably not the first thing even as dermatologists do we ask our patients with psoriasis are you itchy but if you look at the studies they also suffer with itch um, so one of the things with psoriasis is an itchiness but also this unsightly and discomfort if it's in flaky yeah, flaky, flaky yeah, um, yeah. and can you get it in your hair your head? absolutely so that's probably the most common, common site yeah. is, your, is your scalp some people have it in their scalp for years before they go on to have it elsewhere in their body um, and they can have their whole scalp involved yeah. sometimes it can cause a little bit of hair loss as well um, I actually got it last year uh, I'm from Psoriasis. I'm from a family of psoriasis, as in from my mum's from a family of 10, of which nine have psoriasis. Um, and I was thinking it was only a matter of time before I get it. But I think it was the stress. It was last March, I think it was the stress of COVID and what was going to happen. And we were wearing visors. And I got it just at the back of where the visor was rubbing on a daily basis, maybe like 12 hours in the yeah. visor. Um, and there is a thing called Kobner phenomenon where psoriasis likes to come at sites of trauma. Or if you pick it up more, it'll come there. Um, and it was just there. And now, thankfully, topical treatment and maybe I'm less stressed and it's under control but it doesn't mean it wouldn't come back somewhere else yeah. tomorrow so that's you know? interesting so when do you like we talked a little bit about eczema being something that's common in babies and children mm. and it can go into adulthood it doesn't always mm. it, psoriasis can come on at any age or is there a specific There's age peaks so yeah. it's, it's typically in the second or third decade and actually what's very important about that Claire is that that is such a formative mm. time um, in our lives you know the time that we're making friends that we're choosing careers that we're not sure of ourselves you know getting into intimate relationships like if, you, if you're covered in red plaques all over your body mm-hmm. maybe in your genitals too you know that you know that that can be horrendous mm-hmm. for patients and you know there, I think so many times you know I, don't, I can't even count how many times now that patients have come to me um, that have been given cream after cream after cream and um, they've had their psoriasis for 10 years and, and we put them on one, one, one of the medications that clears them you know and it, it often clears them very quickly you know within within you know even um, four weeks sometimes and they'll arrive back in for their six-week appointment and they'll just cry and cry and cry mm-hmm. that they have it's the first time they've been able to wear a t-shirt and um, like they've never shown their whole arms before mm-hmm. Or I haven't taken off my clothes in front of anyone in the last five years because I've been too embarrassed. Like things that you wouldn't even think of, you know, and, you know, will bring tears to your eyes sometimes, you know, li- listening to them and they're young people. Do you know? we do we leave it too long before we go to a dermatologist then? I mean, do we like do we minimize those? Why did they I, take I think till some five of my years? My older generation probably thought like there was nothing more. They were so used to using the old fashioned tars and the, they smell and they're sticky and they wreck your sheets and wreck your clothes. And they probably thought, you know, that's this all there is. is. I was told 20 years ago, that's mm-hmm. all I could do and the they younger generation busy. certainly now seek out more treatments and they go on google and they're looking up and maybe a yeah. friend is on something else and their life has changed and um, but definitely people are more educated now they're coming in looking for treatment at an earlier stage 
Um, and is there anyone who's treatment resistant? Like, can, is there people who... I, I don't have any patients that are treatment resistant yeah. right now in my repertoire. Because, because There's so many. There's, there's so, now yeah, probably about yeah. 10 of these excellent new treatments. You know, I was very lucky when I was in the States to be involved in the trials. So I was getting access to these drugs sort of five minutes, be- sorry, five minutes, five years before they hit, hit the market. Um, so we now have such a selection of them mm. That it would be really unlucky. Actually, if somebody didn't respond to anything at this stage, I wouldn't believe it was psoriasis. Because You'd start to look yeah. for something else. Yeah, because these are so targeted to the immune system and exactly the pathways in psoriasis that they're you know, highly, highly effective. Um, and they are, they, you know, they, they really are life-changing when it comes to these patients. Um, you and know. like even historically, the first ones, we had to bring them into the hospital and give them an infusion and they'd have to sit there and have a drip in their arm. Now it's you're just doing it at home. We started off, they used to be twice a week. Now they're like sometimes every three months. Like, you know, so you can, for younger people, you know, they're literally setting a reminder in their phone now to say. So the quality of life yeah. with the treatment and the quality of life with the illness or the, the condition is improved. And is everybody, like, is psoriasis similar to eczema in that it, it only needs these level of treatments if it's very... Um, moderate or worse or is everyone with psoriasis quite bad no, no. Well, the vast yeah. majority only 25% percent, 25% yeah. of patients w- would be in the mild to moderate mm. category w- that would sort of even qualify for these treatments so the vast majority of patients have you know a Small little bit in their scalp like Nikki had yeah, yeah. or, or their elbows or, or, or what not like and that and for them it's just the creams or yeah. the maybe the steroids the, for they a while they can actually ironically be harder to treat for me I was thinking yeah. because yeah. if they only have you sort of elbows knees they certainly don't qualify for, for those sort of drugs yes you know the top of are taking in ways yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want to wear a dress so you know, swimming yeah. or whatever yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. be so they the can be the different and, and swimming yeah. is something I hear so much clear especially for my older patients who who you know you get them clear and they say you know what I never took my kids to a swimming pool because I was too ashamed too to get change. in or I went to a swimming pool once and somebody asked me to leave you know people were getting out of the pool because they thought I was contagious oh, they God. thought they were covered in fungus so like there is so much stigma att- attached to it or there was so much stigma attached to something that's a very common condition really really important and, and it's not re- contagious by the way I don't think we've actually said that none of these no, things no, 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 are no. contagious it's no. actually just a heightened immune response to, to, to um, it within the skin and actually for psoriasis it's not just the skin it's a little bit um, different to eczema in that way about 20% of people their joints can be involved as well yeah. so they can get an associated joint disease and sometimes a long time after their skin has appeared so you know it could be 10 years on and this is why you know when my patients come back to me every single visit I ask them any joint pain any back pain because they'll go oh, yeah 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 my, my hands are really stiff in the morning I can't mm. get them going and that's really important too because they're another category of patients even if they only have two patches on their elbows if their joints become involved um, then we get them on those treatments much earlier as well because some so of they the might not have loads of the flakiness, but they might no. have that yeah, joint yeah, pain. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. and it's and a destructive kind of an arthritis, so you want to get them on their treatment. Is this kind of autoimmune? It is. It is yeah, autoimmune. Yeah, They're both there. Okay. Yeah, it's a heightened immune response. So, um, if the changes happen within their joints, you know, structural changes, you can't reverse them. They actually sort of scars their joints, so you need to get on that quickly. So that's really important. How too. common is the joint thing, Katrina? So the 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 joint the joints happen in around the, the, the you know it's about twenty percent of psoriasis patients. Okay. Um, yeah, it so varies amongst important. the studies. Some studies would say more, but about twenty percent. Yeah, between it's high enough though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you need to and watch they, it. You know, and the nails can be involved. And for some people, it's really debilitating. You know, mm. to have really discoloured nails. nails. The nails are lifting. You know, you're catching them. It's painful. You know, complete. You can't actually use your hands. It's quite a confidence associated absolutely. with them or yeah. lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Because if you have, I'm sorry, stuff. Um, so I know we said that eczema is a kind of hereditary thing. Is psoriasis the same? And that is that the cause? Very similar. Yeah. yeah. So if your mum has it or your dad has it, you might be likely to have it. And yeah. your yeah. kids. 
kids might then go on to have it. Yeah. Not yeah. always, but sometimes. Not always. Yeah. And not the same severity within, like, as I said, I've oh, so yeah, nine, you come you know, from, so it is that, yeah. One or two of them use just touch of cream now and again, and then it just disappears. And then a couple are on the biologics or the injectable, and a couple are on the oral therapies. Isn't so that interesting? Very well. variable amongst yeah. one family. And obviously, stress, as you said, is also a trigger for mm. psoriasis, um, as you saw in the last year. Is there other triggers for those things other than stress? So, so oh, um, I know with eczema you said about the heat and that kind of thing. Yeah. Is there uh, same with, with psoriasis, the winter makes um, psori- um, it, it worse as well. Alcohol makes it worse. Um, it doesn't mean you can't drink alcohol, but alcohol mm-hmm. to excess, people will often notice a flare of it afterwards. Um, illnesses make yeah, both them worse. Yeah. So, if um, you get a bad well. flu or yeah, a flu, sore throat, throat afterwards. In a, in, sometimes that's how it presents because in teenagers. Immune. They get mm-hmm. a strep throat or a sore throat and then they, they present with psoriasis. It's tough going, isn't it? After yeah. a surgery. A- anything yeah. that puts a stress mm-hmm. on your body, whether it's psychological, physical, um, can, can um, trigger a flare mm-hmm. of eczema or psoriasis. Are there, like, do, do diet or exercise or sleep improve? If you, if you, is there anything that you can do with your diet, you exercise, your sleep to improve these conditions or is it totally medical? So we get asked this yeah, all the time. Right. I think. People yeah. really think it diet will, and eczema are amazing. Link, don't they? I mean, yeah. obviously you're trying to, you're not trying to just treat the skin, obviously when it comes to psoriasis and for patients or who anything. have moderate to severe psoriasis, they are at increased risk of things like, you know, stroke, heart attack, type 2 diabetes. If they're not looking after themselves, they have severe psoriasis. You know, if, if you've been years where you didn't want to exercise because you had 90% body surface area covered, you know, there's a lot of things that we do. We might take up smoking because we're stressed. We might drink to excess um those patients do need to be the ones that you have to try and talk to them about looking after their diet stop smoking don't drink excessively as so well as putting them onto the treatment those course. things won't change the illnesses or the conditions but they'll help you deal with the feelings you get associated so like more exercise might help you improve your confidence rather than it's not going to lessen the trigger of it, the it, it, it can it, it can. can it can so there have been studies in psoriasis you know showing that you know exercise and, and, and a healthy diet can improve it and especially reducing weight can improve it really um, yeah. yeah absolutely um you know there is no so people come in and they say you know is it the dairy in my diet yes dairy and eggs yeah. people are no, obsessed is it, is it the, you know is the gluten you know blah 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 it's not and, is no, it loads of studies so yeah. much research done on diet and actually what they've shown for psoriasis is that a healthy um, uh, Mediterranean-style diet is so actually eggs, the best. fish, oil, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know, uh, lots of veg, fruit, veg fruit, um, and, and, you know, a healthy diet um, and um, weight reduction can improve your psoriasis. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 your fat tissue, you know, your, fat, your adipose tissue um, secretes something called TNF-alpha, which is really important in psoriasis. So... When you are heavier, your psoriasis can get worse. So actually reducing your weight, um, you know, now I don't mean beyond um, a healthy weight. I just mean reducing your weight to a healthy weight um, can improve your psoriasis for sure. Smoking worsens your psoriasis. Alcohol worsens your psoriasis. Is that a difficult conversation to have with patients? No, no, no really. No. I think it's really important. Not one, that you, again, I, no. neither of you ever come across as remotely judgmental, by the way, about people's weights or their alcohol no. or whatever. But is it no, hard to say No, but you're trying to, to look after the whole person. It's okay. as I said, it's not just the skin. Yes, it's very visible on the skin, but you're trying to, you know, look after internal organs as well as the skin. So no, it's something that we discuss every I, day. Yeah, I think yeah. Our, our patients appreciate that as well. The sort of holistic approach and that okay. we're trying to make them healthier. Yeah. In and you can't do everything together. You can't say to somebody to cut back your drink and give up some on the same day you know lose but you might explain that weight actually does yeah and if they understand that yeah. you know then they, that's a motivator exactly, for them. exactly because yeah. we don't want to just be a medication dispenser no. especially if there's other healthier approaches that they that can complement them and it's not going to work you know they're not going to it's not going to get rid of their psoriasis but you know their treatments will likely work better mm-hmm. and, and that's the way you know I, I think to present things 
um, you know, that you're in it together with your patient, um, you know, and you're, you're just looking for the best for them. And so, like, if it's in your hair or your head or whatever, is there topical solutions for that as well? As Yeah, but again, if yeah. you have a very bad, you'll need one of the bigger treatments. And if not, it'll be topical, be it cream. Yeah. But it's not easy. We're not saying it is easy. No. As in, you know, it's you're, it's remembering to put something in every night. Yeah. And we're all, you know, we all have the best intentions. And then, you know, if you're tired, you know, kind of yeah. last, I, I was the same. Uh, but yeah. yes, if some people just have very local and they do get on top of it with the topicals, you can bring it under control. But that doesn't mean that you don't get stressed three months later or have to have a surgery and it wouldn't flare. So I think it's so important. And fair that you both said that that sometimes the middling ones can be the hardest because mm. you're not minimizing how awful it is that people can see it you can't really give them these top of the range stuff the small stuff doesn't really work and that's a balance mm. but there is hope for everybody to get to Absolutely. get on yeah. top of them yeah. and there's great treatments out there now and actually in eczema um there mm. are eczema we, we were more limited until relatively rec- re- relatively recently and um, we have the topicals obviously and we have the, the same methotrexate and, and cyclosporin you know the old school drugs that i was talking about and um, that can be really helpful in our patients but you know only you know can only only control say 40 to 50 percent of our patients um, and now we have newer agents that have come to the market and finally are being reimbursed in Ireland and there's more to come so you know the, the, the future is, is is much more bright for eczema patients too um, you know I, I think it was much more easier yeah. to treat psoriasis patients um, until recently and now same is happening in the eczema field great research has been mm. done by so many people um, and some of some um, of our Irish dermatologists have been very involved in that as well so um, you know I, I think the future is bright for, for eczema yeah, patients as well especially eczema. those who are who, who, who have lived a very difficult life because of moderate to severe, mm. se- severe eczema particularly too. thinking of people having it on their face I'm not saying that it's nice if you have to cover everything up but if it is on your arms or your back and you can cover but your face I mean there's nothing you can do about that is there it's there yeah. all the time and yeah. yeah and very uncomfortable I mean you know I, I got a rash once an allergy to something and I figured out it was a child but I got a rash all up my neck onto my face and literally I remember my mum having to put cotton gloves in my hands going to bed at night because I was just Stop tearing it, yeah. at my skin in, in the middle of the night um, and it lasted for about a month and like I was crippled by it so you know it's if you had it all the time yeah really uncomfortable uh, trying to put makeup on top of it like it's not easy and, and you have to you know every, you have to meet people with your face every single day mm-hmm. yeah. there is as you said there's no hiding your face and the, and the harder thing for us as dermatologists is we're really limited as to what we we can mm-hmm. prescribe for the face yeah. topically yeah. because like hydrocortisone and stuff you can't put that on your face we can, well, you can only the weakest yeah. Times, yeah. 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 only the, the weakest weak type yeah. um, because you don't want to thin the face cause broken blood vessels all, all that thing it's a, it's a much more delicate skin on the face so we're challenged by it as well so having these um these um these options now has been great for us you know okay. really has so you mentioned a rash and earlier on i think you mentioned hives as well what about contact dermatitis what's contact dermatitis so it's it, it, well it doesn't always have to be everyone assumes it's something that you definitely come in contact with is in your touching off but it can be you, there's different types of allergic contact dermatitis so you're actually allergic to something versus irritant contact dermatitis so, I mean if you just poured bleach over your hands day after day after day your hands would be in, in bits you'd have red uh, broken skin um, so that is irritant contact versus allergic contact so there are things that people become allergic to over time and as I said if you do have eczema since childhood and you've had this constant impaired barrier function you will be more likely to develop an allergy to things like fragrances so we do patch testing on our patients particularly if they come in and their eczema was doing fine and all of a sudden they very localized eczema like just to their face just to their neck and we would do patch testing to things like cosmetics fragrances textiles and dyes they might come in contact with so yeah. how does a patch so can, like that's can it figure out what it is it's not yeah. for everyone but yeah because it's it narrow it down yeah, anyway yeah that's what we're trying but to again do. it's it's a it's a it's hard for the patient to the test it takes five days um so 
you have to stick these patches all over your back on a Monday and you have to wear them until Wednesday and then the patches are taken off and we draw kind of a blue skin marker around them to show the places where each of the different allergens was placed and then on Friday they come back for a visit and then if they have a red patch, sometimes it even blisters if it's quite significant, then that's a positive um, result. So they are allergic to something like the commonest one would be nickel, for example. And up to 19% of the population would have nickel allergy. Um, and they'd Can have that develop or is that always? You always have to develop yeah. them. People often think, oh, you know, I've been using this thing for years. But actually, you have to become sensitized over time to it. And that's why eczema patients are much more likely to get sensitized because they've broken up skin in the first place. But there's certain things that anyone, if they used it enough, will become allergic to. Now, those things are generally not allowed in, in the general, yeah, yeah, yeah. in cosmetics anymore. But, um, it, you know, it, it's not just finding out what they're allergic to. It's then doing the detective work as to where, where, where do, it is. Where do they come in contact like, with There was this, a yeah. famous one a while back um, that there were, there were couches, uh, sofas. Oh, yeah, that, that the were, leather couches. They, yeah. they were leather, and they were being, um, there was a preservative that was being used in them. Um, I think they were all coming from a certain place or whatever yeah. else. But people started getting these rashes on their, on their buttocks and lower back. back. But in the shape on the of the with no clothes on. No, it was, it was, no. It was so potent, it was yeah, actually it was also sensitizing yeah, it through the It was a very clothes. funny pattern Wizards. on the back of them. And it was, um, it was, it was um, fumarates. It was something that was being used as a preservative widely. And a lot of people were sitting on these couches. So you have to work out... Like where the pattern is coming from, because they can give you. It can be the name of a, you know, a preservative or a big long chemical word, name, a chemical that's in yeah, something, yeah. and you have to work out where is it they're being mm. sensitized. So, one of the, the, you know, and sometimes it's not even the way you'd think it would be. So, um, for example, nail varnish allergy. Mm. People with nail varnish allergy don't actually get the allergy on their fingers at all. It's around their eyes and their neck because we touch, 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 you touch. You sit like this with your hands on your We're much more sensitive. Our skin is That's so much sensitive there. It? So it's using the detective work to work out exactly what it was and testing for the right things, mm. you know, within shampoos or acrylic nails. Acrylic nails, you know, That was a big issue. one, obviously, when they came um, in. And there's other preservatives. And there's, like, allergen of the year every year. Where so dermatitis, or is it always, is it contact dermatitis? Dermatitis just means inflammation of the skin. Yeah. So that's a catch-all. That could so mean that anything. someone comes in with, like, I'm getting hives all the time, I'm getting rash. Like, if, if no, hives me, is different. Is it for me, if I got a rash somewhere and I could quickly figure out, like, change the washing powder or something, it would just go. Like, I could put something on it and it would just go. Do people come to you with those things? Or are you talking about something more serious? So, so usually it's something that would they get into us. They, usually they've gone to their GP over over the, the, the first time it's come. But if it becomes a chronic problem okay. and yeah. they can't work they out can't what's causing it, yeah. um, they, they come to us and, and, and you know, we, we may recommend patch testing and because we think it's going to be an allergic one. Sometimes it's not it's even not allergic. Mm-hmm. It, it can be irritant. It's, you know, and the, the, the classic example is nurses, um, new moms, washing their hands over and over again and if anyone washes their hands enough with soap and water they're They'll going only to get, get the dermatitis there. but it's not that they're allergic to anything it's no. that they're over yeah. it's irritating irritating they've almost irritating. given them what eczema gives you which is the breaking down the barrier nearly of yeah, yeah it's an induced yourself kind of thing. yeah so okay. it's something that's been caused externally um so it, it's still a contact dermatitis but you're not it's allergic, you're not allergic yeah. to anything it's just that you're irritating your skin and they're not um, that's not really anything to worry about but you do need to get to the bottom of it whatever well, it's not that you need to stop doing whatever so it's irritating if it, it keeps going okay. keeps going it takes a long time to recreate your skin barrier and it will creep up you know if you keep doing it so and it maybe yeah. that you're just using a, a too harsh a soap that they need to change mm. it for or more baby emollient wipes soap. which contain you know alcohol some of them. um and okay so and are you more likely to be like i find personally that i think that i, I won't i won't change things like washing powder easily because i think i can quite easily be allergic to things now i, I had a bit of eczema when i was younger 
are you more likely to have dermatitis or pick that up if you had eczema or psoriasis or is that just something that any of us can have so if you have yeah. eczema like mm-hmm. um, yeah, you are yeah. more likely yeah. Yeah. so eczema the proper term for atopic dermatitis is what we call okay. it so, so you, you already had a version of that yeah. Yeah. and majority of people by the time they're teenagers do grow out of it but then some adults it just persists it doesn't mean it's as bad as they were when they were a child but they would still have sensitive skin and should be careful with the products that they put on particularly on your face because as we said the skin is so thin so if you really feel that you've got kind of you still have eczema and you have sensitive skin you certainly don't go buy a new product and you know put it on your face yeah not sure so that's eczema psoriasis contact dermatitis is there other like concerning rashes or let's even talk about hives that people should be watching for like if you just get an unexplained rash how long do you wait before you need to go to gp or come to you well i mean there's lots of viral induced rashes particularly in children you know, so you're not overly you, concerned you know and those. they might have they have a high temperature they have a virus they get a rash of course you're always looking out for meningitis and yeah. things like that so if you if you see any signs you know the, the glass, the glass test, yeah. then of course straight to to the hospital really if, if you saw something like that um but hives yeah probably i've seen a lot more hives in the last year and a half seen um, more hives in the last year yeah and but hives are not time. what's that they're from? not scaly is in you know they're smooth and um, they so come and go fast as well hives yeah, I think, yeah. Don't they get very red they're very itchy and then they can just go yeah and you wake up the next day and they're in different places so it's and, and often fixed, they yeah. they happen if somebody just has them for a couple of weeks it's usually that they've just had a minor infection yeah you know that they've had you know a little viral infection a cold that they mightn't even noticed or and a uti Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. the most common, especially in kids. It's the most common cause. Um, a lot of the time, it happens for no good reason. You can ha- you can have mm-hmm. hives um, as a reaction to to drugs sometimes. So medications, particularly things like ibuprofen and mm-hmm. and drugs like that, that people w- will take over the counter. But when it becomes more chronic, so when it's when when somebody has been having hives ongoing for more than six weeks, it is time to go and see um to, to go and see your GP or dermatologist and. Um, in that case, it, it, it can be your immune system just acting up on itself for no obvious reason. We call it chronic idiopathic urticaria, and idiopathic just means we don't know why. Don't know. <laughs> it's a very fancy term um, for for uh, we don't know why. And it happens to w- women typically, you know, between the age of twenty and, and mm-hmm. sixty, yeah. twenty to forty, even in, in more more often. And it's just something that needs to be controlled with antihistamines. It's okay. more of a and you can come out of it. You can grow out of it. Yeah, and you yeah. can just stop. Nearly yeah. everyone grows yeah. out of it in the end. In the word no, when you're an adult, stops. Stops. Yeah. 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 but okay. it can take some years for some patients. Mm-hmm. But you can maintain it with antihistamines safely. Okay. So. Yeah. so the other one I wanted to talk about today and I know we, t- we touched on it for a treatments part two um, when we talked about IPL and we touched on it in the men's episode which I loved by the way um, but rosacea so yeah. just yeah. what is it and why do so many Irish people suffer from so it so we call it the curse of the Celts um, because so many of us yeah, have it yeah it affects up to one in ten Irish adults neither of you have it I no, do. Katrina I do. does. I'm, do not, I'm not telling something that I shouldn't. I think she mentioned that in a previous I episode. Do, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's um, it's so common here, um, and really kind of starts to present for the majority of people in their 30s and 40s. And what most people would describe as you know the little red spots or the the pus bumps that you get across the nose and the cheeks. But for some people, they don't have have that. They may just have the broken capillaries, and they tend to flush more easily. So they may have trigger things like trigger foods like spicy food, or if they drink alcohol, they feel that they're they're more red, or they change temperature from a room and or after exercise and um, so the two commonest types would probably be what we call the papular pustular inflammatory rosacea or the erythematous lungitatic which is the red broken capillaries um, but there are other people who just suffer with their eyes so they have ocular rosacea and if you leave it if it's very severe form of rosacea and it goes on and on for years you can get what's called rhinophyma where you get kind of thickening and changes of the nose oh which you know historically was called the kind of whiskey nose but it's and, and that's more common in mm, men they yeah. actually their nose grows yeah um, it is the one time that people's nose just grow <laughs> because i know everyone thinks your nose gets bigger when you get older, you, it, that doesn't usually actually happen. So it doesn't happen. No, no, no. no. I thought that was <laughs> the rest, men and, the rest and of your face just shrinks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, is it painful? 
Um, it can be. It can be, it can but be. It, okay. it's, it, they often describe sensitivity and even sometimes itch as opposed to significant pain. But of course, if someone had very, very severe rosacea, it could be painful. And it can sting mm-hmm. um, people mm-hmm. as well. And what, they, what they'll often find, um, Claire, is that... Um, everything aggravates their skin. Mm-hmm. So not that they're more allergic to things, but that things that they use easily yeah. like yeah. aggravate their skin and make the, make it red. And the biggest complaint is just the redness. Yeah. You know, my face like, is so red, like I'm so embarrassed. Foundation could have an impact on it. Or your moisturizer yeah, they just feel they're normal moist. They can't tolerate it anymore. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and especially complicated and expensive um, creams. Like my, my biggest... Um, my biggest uh, um, recommendation to my patients who have rosacea um, is using really bland, bland products. Pair it all back. Yeah, you know, keeping things really, really so simple. nothing with hyaluronic acid. No, hyaluronic acid that's is fine. great yeah, actually for it. Okay. No retinoid. No glycolic acid. And no retinoid until, until you've settled it. Yeah. And it's slow introduction, yeah. yeah. But I think the thing that a lot of people get wrong is they think it's an adult onset acne and they often go first and buy over-the-counter products that treat acne, which will often be a lot crazy. of acids and oh then no. suddenly like they flare. So. Why does it only come on in your... Did you say in your 20s and 30s? 30s and 40s, 30s and 40, but I mean, it can't, I have teenagers with it, I have 20-year-olds with it. A lot of people, what, what they'll find, when you go back and take a history, they'll come with the, with the bumps when they're in their, say, um, late 20s, but mainly 30s and 40s. But when you ask them... They'll have had issues with blushing and easy, yeah. and easy flushing. I certainly did when I was um, a teenager. You don't identify, you think it's just blushing. Yeah, I yeah. just blush really easily. So, you know, when you chat to them at that sort of thing, and they will have always had a high colouring or, or red face, and so do lots of people in their family Sorry. and whatnot too. So, um, you know, it, it's so really, it, do, it does come on sooner. It just presents in a different a slow way. So progression you get that bit older. Okay. And that's the yeah. bit where you might go, mm. I need a bit of help with this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and, and actually, for anyone who has any of the parts of it, you know, especially the, the, the red face and, and whatnot, not it, it's so worth their while starting or you know getting in with their sunblock early making mm-hmm. sure they use you know the zinc containing sunblock early and keeping their skin keeping their skincare regimen yeah, really yeah. simple cream-based cleansers um if possible um avoiding the salicylic acids and the glycolic acids just keeping their skin really well moisturized it's funny more recent studies in it especially when you look at the mole- at the molecular level it's, the skin barrier is really, really important in rosacea as well. And people hadn't been good at mm. doing really good moisturising. They weren't thinking of it as and being we dry. And neglected it, I think, as well. Like it's only it looks a recent like a red thing rather than a dry thing. Yeah, so you don't and it doesn't look dry. But it's really important to calm the skin again. And that can make a big difference to all the rest of the stuff. And then for those people who have the, 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 the pimply side of it, and we do need to come in with um, prescription um, either... Uh, oral antibiotics or topical creams that that um, reduce the inflammatory re- reaction there. Um, and you mentioned there at the beginning of chatting about this, Nikki, about some people find this and some people find that. Do you guys identify that for them or will they know to say, well, if I have a few drinks or if I go into a hot room, like they'll know the things that flare some them. Some of them will know and some of them won't even have thought about it. Will it, it matter it, anyway? It doesn't matter because if you still like to take a drink of wine then you're not going to tell someone you can't take a drink of wine but just so that they're aware. Their flares don't matter. No. They're treating it. Yeah, it's yeah. treating it. So, okay. you know, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, and then what are the causes or do we know what causes it? Genetics. Genetics, again, it's all genetics. So if it's in your family, yeah. so these things yeah. are all... And the patients will often tell you that, like, my dad had a really high colour or my uncle, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So they do, they do identify with that. And our ancestry, I think, you know, it's... it's the, That's it's why it's prevalent in Ireland yeah. rather than it is heredity, but it's generally a big thing in Ireland. And stress obviously does make it worse as well Absolutely. as all the other yeah. things. But, yeah, and then the masks question. as well have been causing more irritation. Patients have had and a lot of control. And the skin barrier again. This last year. You know, disrupting the skin barrier and aggravating the face. So you've talked about some of the topical solutions, but also you have IPL 
well, which works really well for rosacea, right? It's great for yeah. the redness and the broken veins. Yeah. It makes but a huge difference to people. Not the spots. Is in So we would treat the spots. And um, would you treat them first and then? Yeah. You treat them both together or, okay. or? Depends, I suppose, on how bad someone's flare. If somebody came in really, really flared, you don't want to necessarily send them straight down for IPL. So I'd often give them their treatment for four to six weeks, calm everything down first and then start into their And IPL. just in case anyone hasn't listened to the other episodes, just explain again what IPL is and about how much it costs and the course you'd usually need. Um, so, so IPL is an intense pulse light, um, and it, it's a it, people consider it a laser. It's actually not technically a laser, but um, it, it's a treatment that typically um, is given four weeks apart, four to six treatments, um, and it targets um, the, the the different pigments within the skin. In this case, for rosacea, you know the reds, so that it gets rid of the the broken blood vessels and the redness. And um, at the same time, it will target the browns, you know, so that the, the any pigment that they have in their Uneven skin as well. Skin so people yeah, lo- love that they get rid of both in, in the one go um, and um, very little downtime you know I, I you know anytime I've had it done I get it done at lunch break and then put my you know my makeup back on afterwards yeah so it's, it's a really easy one to get and mm. um, we prefer we we, do, we won't do it when someone has a tan so if you have a tan you have to wait for your tan to go away and there's no point in doing it if you're not going to keep using uh, zinc sunblock afterwards mm. you're wasting so your you money you have to maintain yeah. it it's just throwing yeah. your money down the drain okay. so, yeah. and will that like for someone with so I know IPL works for loads of different things and it's a great treatment and for the most part if you look after your skin afterwards it lasts for a long time but will it work for everyone who's rosacea anyone who has the broken capillaries you know, is you'll get rid of the redness yeah, yeah but it doesn't mean they don't necessarily maybe the somebody use a topical a bit, cream yeah but it doesn't yeah. mean they constantly have to be on oral therapies they can maintain it with topicals but the sunscreen is absolutely vital you can have okay so again like everything skincare is important when you're beginning with rosacea mm-hmm. and then yeah you want to get as long as you can out of your IPL, IPL and you want to obviously be you know protecting from the UV trigger but it's incredible how many patients who came in initially with really bad rosacea because rosacea is a chronic condition we mm-hmm. cannot cure it we have mm-hmm. no cure okay um, that's interesting yeah. so there we've is no, no fix we've you're no just getting cure, on top of it and we've no Maintaining cure for it, psoriasis yeah. and we've no cure for that's eczema we, mm-hmm. we have things that will control them um, so rosacea is incredible Although the amount of people who can get to do nothing but good skincare and mm-hmm. and, be, and make it better, and have uh, really you know, well, that's me. You know, I I don't I don't use any um, but you had IPL. medications. But that I've was had for IPL. Loads of reasons, anyway. um, the IPL was for the redness, yeah. um, and I have spots, a re- you know yeah. a very sort of just um, simple skincare regimen, and, and it it, I'm, it holds me completely. Okay. Even through the stress. So not everybody <laughs> needs all the other bells yeah. and whistles. Um, and then is it more prevalent in men or women or is it about 50-50? 50-50. Yeah. But it's maybe yeah. harder for men But to I think the men over, certainly, and you know, maybe this is they're looking at themselves on Zoom as well. I've certainly seen more um, patients coming looking for it because, you know, of course men can wear makeup if they want, but they tend not to. Mm. And women would often use, you know, their tinted sunscreen and their makeup and their BB creams and CC cream to calm it down and, and cover it up, but men tend not to. So And as we talked yeah. about before, the connotations are sometimes like they're a bit of a drinker or a whiskey nose, you said, and men don't want that either. And they don't want to look like they're embarrassed giving presentations. I think or it's work. It's, yeah, it's, it's that. that. If they're, yeah. if they're, if, if they're, they're anyway nervous and just kind of the, the flush and kills. It's so hard, them. you can't control that. Yeah. Well, especially when you don't have makeup covering it. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, you know, we, we, I think, are very lucky as women mm-hmm. that we can we can cover all of our blemishes and hide all of that sort of thing as well but for men it can be really um uh it can be debilitating some of them say in especially if you've got a really important business meeting or you're given a, um, an important presentation, presentation think, yeah. and you've got this red you know face or there people are asking them in work if they're sunburned this sort of thing so um i think um in work it, it bothers men yeah, more the men. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So the good news, the bad news is these things aren't curable, but the good news is there's lots of treatments out there. Yeah, They're very yeah. controllable. There's more coming down the line and mm-hmm. some of them are just really game changers. So we just finished up briefly. I know you guys mentioned eczema with the babies at the beginning, but just for baby skin, I know we had a great conversation about baby's skin in the past um, and, you know, about the bathing and what are the main concerns because we all think baby skin is so perfect and soft and it's not always yeah. there's very few parents that get get away without get yeah, away without yeah. any rashes yeah and cradle I, cap nappy rash all those yeah. things well and you know i'd say the most common message i get on my phone because you know obviously people mm-hmm. friends yeah. <laughs> our friends whose baby have neonatal acne you know oh, yeah. little my little girl had it um, and i was devastated because i was like no one tell anyone about it and yes. i'm like oh God, she's I never ever heard of that. but by about six weeks nearly every baby gone, gets like, it like, like, there's like, very few face. it's yeah, even in her first passport photo because she got her first passport photo when she was three weeks and she's there lying on the ground because that's how you have to take passport photo when they're that small and i can still see it happens about two to six weeks exactly when everyone's starting to take photos of their babies you know they've gotten out of that sort of war from the hospital yeah. and everything else and then they're like oh my like some have even said i'm em- i'm embarrassed to bring the baby to me people at the moment it's so bad katrina and you know and to and say that about your own you, baby what can you do um wait it out yeah i mean you can uh, you just can gentle skin gentle care a little bit of i, I actually of sometimes tell people to use a little bit of nice oral shampoo really really, really dilute, dilute it, yeah. um and and that can make uh, that can make a huge difference actually but very few babies get away without it and nobody knows about it they say i've never seen like this on any other baby before so there's things like that that are really common that people don't um, think about yeah. cradle cap cradle is cap. almost universal yeah. even if it's um, and just tiny explain bite. what cradle cap is for the moms and the dogs it's what they see is that kind of greasy yellowy scale that builds up on the top on the of the head, head. really yeah. when they're um, newborns isn't yeah. it yeah and some you know there's the odd child who will get it kind of down the face um and and sometimes then in, in the nappy area as well but again it can just improve itself with just gentle cleansing. Obviously, don't rub at the the head. Don't uh, panic. Don't yeah, pick, don't at, pick it. at it. Exactly. Oh God, and don't pick gentle at it. Cl- yeah. Gentle cleansing. Uh, again, you could use a little bit of diluted nice oral shampoo and just gently from, rub from at the pharmacy, it. Yeah. yeah. And nappy rash. So nappy rash is a bit, and actually, you know, you know, cradle cap is just a form of dandruff. Yeah. You know, seborrheic dermatitis that a lot of people go on to have it when they're they're older again, really? um, but people don't tie them together. Yeah, um, nappy rash again, really common. Nobody yeah. gets away with What's nappy rash. What's causing these stage. things? Is it the hormones of the, 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 the hormone birth. shifts? Um, it's a change in in the um, the flora of the skin. So yeah. they're the yeast bacteria and yeast that colonize all of our normal. The healthy bacteria and yeast that colonize mm-hmm. our, our hair follicles are changing as well. So all all of these shifts and it's all really normal mm. it's not it's 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 just variants of normal yeah. rather than mm. thinking your, your your child has a skin condition or anything else like that um i think everybody gets we do see rash. these babies on telly and they're this perfect skin and everyone probably thinks as you said nobody knows they might have a few pimples or a rash or whatever but it's really common oh yeah they will have had at some stage they will okay um, and and every baby will get a nappy rash at some stage no matter how meticulous you are at, at nappy care yeah, and whatnot because they'll get diarrhea that there'll be times that um, when that they're, they're teething, they're, it the seems to be worse. Teething yeah. is much worse, so that their, you know, their um, bowel motions are more acidic or more alkaline, and and they're hurting the the, the skin. And it's all about barrier protection, um, you know, keeping the skin the skin barrier as intact yeah, which, as possible. With each nappy change, putting on a barrier cream, not leaving them in wet soil nappies for prolonged periods of time. And is there any specific? like skin products or anything that you specifically like or stand by or are all the baby stuff pretty safe enough to use um most of european um you know skincare is really highly regulated in europe so you know when it comes to moisturizers most things are very very safe there's certain ones i I will um 
I will uh, advise my mm. patients to use. Um, I use an, oh, an awful lot of Vaseline on my own babies, um, you know, uh, around after their nappy changes. Yeah. Um, you know, pure... wood barrier. Mm. You know, petroleum jelly. There's nothing like that to seal the skin in, but also act safe. To, to protect the skin against erosive things. Mm. My favourite... Um, my favorite moisturizer was the La Roche Posay Lipicar. Um, for mine too. For my, my little girl actually won't let me put anything else on her because she's had it since since birth. Yeah, and she's so used to the texture that's, the that's the word she wants. Yeah, yeah. and it has and a it nice does smell really, for the parents as it, well. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're putting it then on your own hands, because you have to think of mums and dads who are doing constant nappy changes, they yeah. have their hand in the bath when they're washing the baby. You know, so what you, about you have um, to. cream? So pseudo cream is um, I, I use very little of it. It's quite harsh. Yeah. Isn't it? it's, it's I mean, it's a de- it's decent enough barrier cream. They do add some fragrance. So you just have to be careful with, say, babies who have or eczema prone or from a family okay. with strong eczema. Um, and it can, it can work well. Yeah. Zinc is very good. The zinc in pseudo creams is all pseudo cream is is zinc oxide really yeah. with a few other um, you know base products, um, and that's very good when there is. Um, Actually, you know, when there's a rash there, or when it's sore, when it's red and inflamed, when it's red, yeah. to calm it down. Option. But that it, it wouldn't be what I would have chosen to use after every nappy change. Yeah. I, I, you know, for me, it was it was um, bland, mo- bland ammonia. I actually use uh, Cicaplast Bound B5 from La Roche Posay. Okay. If there was any inflammation, only inflammation. Yeah. Okay, and then sun care. I mean, you just keep babies in the shade the whole time, or if they are on a holiday, like three week. <laughs> they're not licensed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not licensed uh, really to, for use until six months and above. But really, it's about keeping. Them in, in layers of clothes so you can kind of not overheat them so you can take it off and keep them in the shade keep them in the shade yeah. okay uh, and the suits the suits are great like if you're going to have them in the pool just have the full yes. uh, baby suits and rashes and they're really yeah. common now aren't they yeah and they're hot and cover the back so of the cover them yeah. keep there, them in the shade there's no cover sunscreen them. better than clothes yeah so and and, and 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 as Nikki says light clothes so you're not overheating them either um, and, and I think that's really important uh, the, the cosmeceutical industry is so highly protected that they say um, nothing is okay for zero to six in, in skincare, in, in sun care. What I did use on my own babies um, was physical block, so I knew not, there was no chemical reactions with their skin because I'm not okay with shade alone. I know that with shade, you're still reflecting off every yeah. surface, especially if they're near, um, you know, white water. ground, mm. water, anything else like that. So personally, and this, this, you know, I'm hoping to your own, getting yeah. anyone yeah. trouble here, but I would always use a zinc sunblock um, on a baby's for anything that didn't have clothes on it. Um, even so shade is enough. On. If there's no yeah. clothes, like if it's a face or hands, put the yeah. block on. Because you do, babies are in buggies and they're facing, uh, you see them like the backs of their hands or the front of their shin. Yeah. I've seen plenty of small, tiny babies and kids burnt right down the front of their shins because uh, yeah, you're pushing block. them for two or don't three don't hours. Don't forget so. their feet, yeah. their ears, their hands. People always forget about ears when it comes to and we see so many skin cancers on on ears in our patients and actually the majority of your sun da- your skin damage is done before the age of 18 mm-hmm. you know as in when it comes there's a huge lag period before you make your skin cancer then but really important for them then too so um i would say always opt for a physical sun block so a zinc sunblock when it comes to um, a baby and an infant, a toddler, yeah. uh, all the way up, Loose not just clothing. for your baby, like you know, not just when they're in the zero to six month, um, if you can, because you don't want things that are chemically reacting with their skin either as much as possible, um, and then they're like the, the best thing ever is the is the. Um, the, like the onesies so, that yeah, you zip up right. that they, and they can make be in them the pool all day so they even have little hoods some of them now yeah. as well yeah. Yeah. so they're great they're absolutely great and they're always going to be better in some luck and then what about bathing babies how often do you bathe babies <laughs> the great dream has a great story so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I now bathe my babies every day um and i actually it, for me it's not just um 
it's not for their skin as much as it's part of the bedtime it's routine. It's the routine. Yeah. 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 They love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. more, you know, mm. that's more relaxing to them, I think, at mm. that point in the evening than, um, than water. There was a study that showed, and this was done in eczema patients, that the frequency of bathing does mm. not worsen their eczema. So, you know, there's mm. some eczema patients who say, well, I only bathe them one, once a week. The, the important thing is that you're not bathing them in water alone. You're using um, a soap. there for too long yeah. and you're yeah. using a soap. Short duration, so, not too hot. Um, and not water alone yeah. that you're using emollient on their skin mm. in it no but I and I, I think always you probably like especially with eczema um, babies you're more likely then if you take them out of the bath you're going to put an emollient on them then anyway so it's yeah, probably it's your, actually, you know what I mean so just it might nearly help yeah, actually yeah. so shorter Be- baths before, yeah. before their pyjamas yeah. go on um, but I'll, I'll never forget when I was in the States this is years ago and I was, I was in training um and actually, I was more talking to my own experience at the time, but I was in with a patient um, and she was there with her husband and they had a baby. Um, but they were asking a question about their other toddlers. She was like, um, Dr. Ryan, um, myself, can, you st- can you settle something between my husband and me? How often should we be bathing our two-year-old? Um, and I was thinking back to, you know, when the four of us used to... Throw into the bat once a week. <laughs> once, what, no, once a week? Yeah. So I said, once a, once a week is fine. And then I could see the medical assistant who was in with me. This was in Dallas in the room. And she just went... <laughs> and after she said... When they left, she said, Doctor Ryan, can't tell people not to watch their children. And, and then I asked Doctor Mitch, "What's normal for people over?" And he said, "Every day." But so many people did it twice a day in Dallas. Mm-hmm. That, that, sorry, that was the debate I was meant to be answering: twice a day versus once a day. And I said, "Once a week." Um, and they probably just thought I was this filthy Irish girl. Um, but now, Love having you know reviewed all the literature now and everything else, um, once I, a day is fine. Once a day is fine. So you're not overbathing now. Three times a week is is fine if um, you don't have an eczema baby what should you be putting in the water if your baby isn't egg has I would still keep it M- my children don't have eczema yeah, well sorry Tommy has a touch of eczema yeah. but mm. Charlie doesn't and I still would never put like soap no. so, so why, free why risk um, it in the yeah. sense of drying them out or yeah. giving them okay. potential to have a problem so, so that should be across the board what yeah. you put into yeah. a baby's bath yeah and again it's important for the parents hands yeah, yeah. and so. and for just their, their skin barrier over time mm. because you know if they get to the point where they're three um, and they haven't got eczema it's very unlikely oh, they'll get it after yeah. that okay. some, some kids don't develop their eczema until they're two or three mm-hmm. so you know just so you're, you're treating their skin as if they have eczema until they don't have eczema if you know what yeah, I mean eventually. as well yeah um, so I was going to finish on that but then just briefly before we finish up you mentioned about the dandruff thing just tell me about dandruff and people that's a dermatology issue isn't it dandruff yeah, and people yeah the fancy yeah. name for it is seborrheic dermatitis but that's just dandruff but the interesting thing about that it's not related to eczema or psoriasis um, actually it's very well, closely yeah, related to psoriasis but you don't have to have one of them to suffer no okay um, and and it, it affects not just the scalp and some people it affects the eyebrows they get sort of little flakes in the eyebrows or down the creases um, beside their nose, down, down from their nose to their mouth, on the, on the front of the chest, and even in the groin as well. Um, but sort of p- salmon pink colour, flaky patches, and then just flakes through their scalp as well. So Again, unsightly mm. and not great for confidence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's um, for some people like a permanent kind of fixed rash down here. Mm-hmm. And what do you, how do you treat that? Um, so topical therapy, t- topical treatments, um, anti-yeast shampoos, like anti-inflammatory shampoos, and then sometimes cortisone creams or... Or another combined cream, creams, which yeah. combined creams mm-hmm. or, or a cream sometimes that we use with no steroid in a um, called Protopic, mm-hmm. which is um, a steroid sparing cream. But there are treatments for it. Yeah. A hereditary? Uh, often it can yeah. be. There can yeah, be an element it, yeah. of it. Is it common? 
very, really very common. common. Do you guys yeah. treat it or is it mostly GP? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's if it's mild, they might have presented to their GP with it mm. first, but yeah, we would treat okay, it. Okay, so it's common, it's not yeah. overly serious and it's very fixable, but it does happen. Yeah, yeah but again, it's, controllable, it's a, not maintained curable. again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, not yeah. curable. This yeah. is like the episode <laughs> of the non-curables, <laughs> except for the babes. They all get through yeah. it. They grow out of it. Great stuff. That's great. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dermatology SOS podcast. For more information, you can see us online or on Instagram at Institute of Dermatologists. Talk to you soon.